Welcome to Mark Mar Show, where myself and other industry leaders who I talk to to help you take your business to the next level. In the show, you're going to find a lot of helpful tips and tricks that you can utilize in your business. That way you can take it to the next level. So without any further ado, let's get right to it where I'm going to be sharing a lot of valuable information with you. I'm really excited about this particular podcast because in here I'm going to be interviewing Justin who's my dear friend and he is a peak performance consultant for Confidence Unchained. He helps business owners master their mental, emotional, physical state so they can find clarity and eliminate any anxiety and establish a foundation of self-care. Basically, he's going to help you execute your ideas, dreams, and goals a lot faster than anybody else out there. So I'm super excited for this particular podcast. And when you are done listening to it, you are going to be so stoked because you're going to have a clear idea how you can execute and achieve your business goals. So without any further ado, here's Justin, my good friend. Hello, everybody. So this is Mark Kumar, and welcome to our pod, my podcast. And in here, we have Justin, who is going to help you get the best uh, result for 2020 coming soon. So Justin, welcome to the podcast. First of all, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, people who may not have heard about, from, about you or from you. So tell us just a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you, Mark. And I appreciate you having me on your show. So I'm a peak performance consultant. And what I do is I work with business owners and entrepreneurs, and I help them find clarity, eliminate anxiety, and establish a foundation of self-care. So it's really like a three-prong approach to um, solidifying and developing different aspects of your life. So you can have that peak performance and really excel in every aspect across your life. Okay. So how did you go about getting into this path? Like before you became a peak performance coach, where were you or what led you to say, this is my path and I'm really passionate about it and I want to continue doing this? Sure. So I actually started in law enforcement over 13 years ago and And as I worked through that career, I moved through different aspects. I was a training officer. I was a detective. I was um, a patrol sergeant. And I was also a member of the SWAT team. And through every aspect that I moved through in my career, I was always a mentor. And that is where I found my fulfillment in my career was training people in a high-stress career and having them figure out for themselves how to excel and how to be the best version of themselves. So it was, it was an easy transaction for me to be able to move over, create my business around consulting and working with people that are in high-stress careers, not just policing, and, and helping them excel at every level, whether it's in their business and their personal life and their health and their emotional state. So that's where I started from. Awesome. So do you recall, obviously you probably remember like it was yesterday, your very first client. Can you walk us through how did you go about helping 
your first client. Like, for example, if, if I am your client, I'm like, hey, I want to become the top leader of my industry. How do I, how would you help me? Let's start from there. Okay. Well, yeah, there's a couple different aspects. I think the, the first few clients I worked with, I was still working out the kinks and really figuring out who was my exact client and, and what was my goal besides okay. really helping people. I would say, you know, moving into my clients that, that I have working with me now, the, the main aspects are figuring out the, the three key areas. So it's your mentality your emotional fortitude, and your health consciousness. And now each of us, as we grow up, we develop one naturally. So you either grew up like strong in your mentality, your emotional fortitude, or your health consciousness. And you may have deficiencies in the other areas. And so first off, it's figuring out which area are you strong in, which ones are you lacking, getting developed in each of those three areas and because they all support each other. And when you start developing yourself in all three, you start excelling in all of the areas because they, they work very cohesively uh, to support each other. Because if you're, if you're healthy, that's going to be, that's going to affect your mentality. If you're emotionally strong, that's going to help, you know, when you're in the gym trying to work out. So it's, they all link up. And so that, that's the main idea of, of my program. Okay. So how do you go about helping people who were like, I don't have, or somebody who may need improvement in developing their mindset. Let's say they have a negative look or approach to a life. Sure. Um, there's a couple different things. The, the foundational piece that I teach my clients, mm-hmm. I focus on what I call vocabulary awareness. And this stems from police training that is focused on content analysis or statement analysis, which the goal of that is to, to determine the truthfulness of written and spoken word. Now, what I discovered is that this is a very powerful self-monitoring tool. Uh, When we start monitoring the language that we use to talk to ourselves and to talk to others, we can change the way we think and we can change the actions that we do. So I'll give you an example of that. So there's um, types of words that are labeled as stop action verbs, okay? And a list of these is going to be Try, plan, start, meant to, and if you're just using the word try and thinking about how that shows up in your vocabulary, like, well, I want to try to eat better, or I'm trying to start a business, or, you know, I've tried this before, all of that implies failure. Here is a quick word from our sponsor for this particular podcast. Hey there. How are you doing today? I just want to give you an opportunity to see if your business and services can help our listeners who are entrepreneurs and small business owners who are looking to find ways or products or services which will help them streamline their business by saving them time, 
money and more importantly be more profitable if that's something your business can offer to our listeners you definitely get back to me or get in touch with me where i will share with you how you can sponsor the show you can go to this url which is markkumar.com forward slash contact there just fill out a little bit of information about yourself and your business and we'll see if you and i are a perfect fit for this podcast if you we are a good connect then you could definitely sponsor this and i hope to talk to you soon take care all right i want to share something really amazing with you if you have been thinking about getting into podcasts you should definitely take the plunge and go for it and if you have been podcasting for a while and your hosting company is giving you a hard time because every time you put out a podcast and you get popular a lot of people listen to it a lot of people want to download it your hosting company tells you hey you need to upgrade to a next available plan in which you have to put out more money out of your pocket and if you're ready to ditch your current hosting company you should definitely check out simple podcast cloud and the reason why you should check out Simple Podcast Cloud is because they offer everything unlimited. You get unlimited shows. You get unlimited episodes. You get unlimited bandwidth. You get unlimited storage. Everything that you want, they have. And I promise you, once you start using them, you're going to be like so glad that you have made the switch. You definitely check them out. Once again, the company name is SimplePodcastCloud.com. Now back to your podcast. So Go ahead, Mark. No, I was gonna say, okay, so that so you replace try with what? Yeah, you so so you have to figure out the wording for yourself. So instead of saying, you know, I'm gonna try to do this, just tell yourself, I'm going to do this. So instead of saying, I'm gonna try to eat better, say, I am gonna eat better, and this is the plan that I'm gonna put in place. Because if, if you give yourself a way out, like I'm going to, I'm going to plan to do this. I want to do this. I'd love to do this. You're giving yourself a way out and you're, you're, you're making it okay in your brain. You're already programming your brain to be okay with the failure. I see. So you, you have to reword it to tell yourself that you are going to do something and that a, a humorous example that I give to people when thinking about the impact of, of these words is I, I challenge you to walk up to your spouse and tell them that you'll try to be faithful to them. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Great example. Like, uh, probably not their, their response might not be what you might want them to be. Exactly. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Okay. It's not going to land very well. No, it right? will not. It will not. I can guarantee it will not. <laughs> so why do we talk to ourselves and talk to others about our actions with that type of uncertainty rather than saying, I will be faithful to you. I am going to be faithful to you because right. that's what we expect, right? Right. Absolutely. So, so that's, that's the idea around the vocabulary awareness. And, and I use that as a foundational piece for the mentality to really get that solid and understand the words that you're using to talk about yourself and your actions. And then you build on that. Okay. So I, would it be a fair statement to say that if 
the number of options that you give yourself will direct your actions towards life. Meaning, if you say, I'm going to try it, I'm going to try it, I'm going to try it, that if you take that try option out completely and say the only option is I have is this path and that's that. Mm. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying about limiting the options there. Mm-hmm. It's it's really about the intention. Ah, I see. Because it's it's what's what is behind it. If you set out to try something, that means mm-hmm. you're just dipping your toe in the water, right? Right. But if you say you are going to do something, then you're diving in head first. Got it. And so your actions are going to change depending on how you word it to yourself and program yourself. Right. Because trying something doesn't mean anything. It means like ah, you might try it for five minutes. You might try it for a day. Right. But when you're going to do something, you're going to put more effort into it. And even if there's setbacks mm-hmm. in that process, you're like, hey, well, I'm still working through it. You know, rather than giving up the first setback that you meet. Right. So it's, it's, right. I think it's focused more on the intention behind it. Right. Okay. So I guess because we are right around the New Year's uh, year being ended in 2019 and then we were, we were going to go into 2020, a lot of people are going to you know, go into the fitness, fitness world trying to get healthy. I'm going to try to get healthy. Yeah. So let's say if you have a client who is like, I'm going to try to get healthy. So what kind of a plan would you tell that person that, hey, do this and that will work for you? Or how do you go about talking to that individual? So on, on the phone calls that I have, the one-on-one phone calls that I have with my clients, uh-huh. it's a short time period. You know, we may talk, you know, one hour a week. So in that time frame, I'm very frank with my clients. Like I don't, I, I don't work with people that are easily offended because it's my job to hold you accountable for what's going on because I'm not there the rest of the week. Okay. So if someone, if one of my clients is telling me, well, yeah, I'm going to try to get healthy. I'm like, stop. What did you, what did you just say? Did you hear what you just said? Right. Yeah. I said, I'm going to try. And, and most of the time they'll laugh. They're like, okay, yeah, I heard it now. And so they're like, no, I am going to get healthy and this is a plan I'm going to make. So when I'm talking to my clients, I'm stopping the, the language that they're using. Whenever it comes up, like I will interrupt the thought. Like if they start to tell me, yeah, I'm going to try. No, stop. Let's reword that before you even finish the statement and reword it. And then they're like, okay, I am going to do this. I will do this Okay, All because right. that's what you need to do to yourself. You need to be able to stop yourself when you're using those words, interrupt the thought process because you need to de- develop that new neural pathway. Okay. Because you're so used to using this type of language, this non-committal language and that neural pathway is very strong. So in order to build that new neural pathway in the brain, you have to interrupt the thought and then create the new one. Yeah, I think because of the society that we live nowadays, it's like it becomes more socially acceptable. We're like, uh, if we do it today, it's great. If not, whatever. And then later down the road, at the end of the year, when people are like, I'll feel bad about it because I gained 20, 30, 50 pounds. And now it's like, it's kind of too late now, you know? <laughs> Exactly. And, right. and I was just having a conversation about New Year's resolutions to where I was reading some statistics and they're saying only 8% of New Year's resolutions are completed. Holy cow. Wow. 
And I think it's because of that non-commitment. Yeah, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to start this. I'm going to plan to do this. So you talk about these things in a non-committal way, and that's why they never get accomplished. Okay. So number one step is just to change the wording that you use to talk to yourself, right? So what would be the second step? So we have confirmed or we have replaced our wording part. So what's the next step towards achieving the goal? I would say I would move to the foundational part behind our emotional fortitude. Now I define emotional fortitude as how quickly you are to recover from setbacks, failures, and disappointments. Okay. So that really links along the lines of having a good emotional intelligence and the foundational piece for emotional intelligence. Again, it has to do with vocabulary, but in a different sense, it's based around your emotional vocabulary. Can you explain that? Because I'm curious as to how, the, how does that work? So in general, when we talk about our own feelings and, and the emotions that we experience, mm-hmm. we use a handful of words to describe our emotional experience. So normally it's like happy, sad, angry, um, worried or uh, excited you know there's a small handful of words that we always use when trying to describe the emotions that we're feeling all right right and the idea behind having a well-established emotional vocabulary is that there are so many different emotional words and each one has a very different meaning and so the, the tool that I give to my clients um, is called the emotional matrix. And what that is, it's based on the seven universal emotions, which is happy, sad, angry, uh, fear, disgust, contempt, and surprise. So those seven emotions are the umbrella emotions. Because within each of those seven emotions, we can feel emotions in different intensity levels. So you can take happy, for example. So there's high, medium, and low intensity. So within happy, you could be excited, which would be a high-level happiness. You could be cheerful, which could be a moderate-level happiness. And then pleased would be a low-level happiness. And so just saying you're happy isn't specific enough. So because it gets in so many different shades, same thing for, for angry, you could be irritated, you could be mad, or you could be bothered. And each of those is a very different shade of the same emotion, anger. So it's more about getting very, very specific on the emotions that you experience. Then once you are able to have that emotional vocabulary, you pinpoint why those emotions were triggered and then you run through a process of like, is there anything you can do about that? Can you remove yourself from the situation? Can you change what's going on or do you have to accept it? Okay. So question is, let's say if I feel happy, obviously happiness is not going to stay there for a long period of time. So through your experience working with different clients and, you know, expert, ex, expert opinion, is there a 
limit like time limit wise that person can say i'll be happy and then after that they go downhill like opposite of happy or how how, how like for example if i'm really happy right in you know, one minute and then five minutes later something happens then i become sad or angry or whatever how do i change that state of mind to say i want to stay happy or is it possible to stay happy all the time in your expert in your expert opinion it's not it's not possible to maintain a specific emotional state for a long period of time because there's difference between emotions and feelings now okay. emotions are in, un, involuntary reactions to your environment um, your brain um, picks up signals based on what's going on in your environment or even imagined thought. Your brain doesn't know the difference between the reality of it and, and thinking about it. So the emotions last only um, about a quarter of a second. Our thoughts, when we start thinking about the emotion that was triggered, that's when the feelings come in. Because you can think about, oh, this person that triggered an emotion in you uh, like mm -hmm. this, maybe maybe someone made you angry and triggered that anger in you, the irritation, and now you're thinking about it and you're like, oh, that guy was disrespectful, that guy um, wasn't worried about anybody but himself. And so that, that prolonged emotion is like, that's where feelings come in. And so the reason that you can't sustain one emotion for a long period of time is that you can't control every aspect of your environment. So you could be happy driving down the street and then someone cuts you off on the freeway and you almost get in an accident, then that fear is going to trigger and that anger is going to trigger. And the, the trick is, is having that emotional vocabulary, being able to process those emotions and see if those emotions are useful or not. You can get back to being happy after that incident is done. So that's what the emotional vocabulary and the emotional matrix is there for. So you can quickly process the emotions rather than being mad about the guy that cut you off on the freeway for the rest of the day and complaining about it to your coworkers and going home and telling your spouse, Hey, you can't believe what this guy did on the freeway at 8 AM today. And it's seven o'clock at night and right. you're still thinking about it because that's not being productive. You know, we should be able to process that emotional moment within a few minutes and then move on with your day and go back to being happy. Right. Okay. There's a, like a little, little analogy that I use is like living in the center, which is like living in the moment. And then, you know, when you have that incident, like for example, when somebody made you happy, when somebody cut you off, you stay there for however long and then you don't talk about it later on like when you go down in your office or in your home or whatever the case might be so that relates to like what you were just saying so it makes makes perfect sense yeah i like that i've never i've never heard the living in the center but i've heard being present being in the in the flow being in the zone so all those different type of things right so it's like what's going on right now i, I like to ask myself this question to keep myself in the center what is my purpose right now right and it like whatever's going like right now my purpose is to have this conversation with you okay so i'm not thinking about what i did yesterday i'm mm -hmm. not thinking about what i have to do tomorrow because if i was i would be distracted right 
and then you which is something that i talk to other people about it is like if you want to be worry free you live in the center or you live in the present because yes. that's the only place you can actually physically take action to either improve your life or make it worse you can't go in the past and change anything because that's already done you can't go in the future to change anything because that hasn't happened yet but in the center or living in the present that's where you can physically take action to make yourself better yes and and a thing to go along with that is i believe anxiety lives in the future there's no anxiety in the present moment like once you're in it mm -hmm. that anxiety is gone all that worry about what might happen or what might not happen that's all your projection on possible outcomes of the future but if you're paying attention to what's going on right now and you're really connected to the moment there's no anxiety there right okay so another question that i have is like let's say if you have somebody you may or may not have had this as one of your clients which is what i call is a what if syndrome so what if this happens in the future and this person has this mentality to you, let's say two three five years from now and then how do you help them break out of that mentality or break out of that what if syndrome what would happen in the future to say live in the moment is there a step or process that you can help them so that they have a their anxiety level become lower and then they can actually truly enjoy the life that they are meant to enjoy? Sure. Now I don't I don't believe that there's anything wrong with looking forward and planning and thinking about the what if scenarios. Right. the The idea that I express to my clients is you can't control what's going to happen. Like if you start this business venture. Mm -hmm. You might be successful. You might fail. You might go out of business. The, the idea is you have to be okay with all of the possible outcomes. And once you accept it, that failure is a possibility, like failure is an option, it lessens that, that anxiety. Like if you fail, oh, well, then what's next? You ask yourself what's next and you move on from there. Either you restructure your program or you change it completely or you just, you move on because anything that you go into, there is a possibility of failure, but why fear it? You know, what do you, what do you, what could you learn from that? That's the biggest things. Whenever you come across like a setback or a failure, there's always something that you can take away from it. Think about the experience that you gained or the knowledge that, that you obtained from that and like, okay, well, now I wouldn't do it like this again. Now this is an approach I would take. So it's, it's not about removing the whole what if because I think in certain situations, it's good to plan for certain events. It's like, okay, well, if this doesn't go this way, maybe we have you know an, another option. It's more about being okay with all of the possible outcomes okay great example and i'm just thinking back like back in the days back in the past whatever where once upon a time i was like i was so worried about things where if this doesn't happen that doesn't happen like what if syndrome what i call it is like then i think somewhere uh or drawing 
during my development process where I learned like the worst thing that every human being is afraid of is dying. And once you accept it, that one day you're going to die, at least for me, I accepted it one day I'm going to die. And after that, all the fears for me, they just like disappeared. Okay. So that's just way i look at things now it's like okay one day i'm gonna die and that's that accept it and let's move on so going back to what you're saying where failure is part of the process if you accept that then i think becomes a little easier so yeah that's a great point i completely agree with that okay so tell me a little bit about like if people want to know more about you how would they go about reaching out to you or is there a program or services like for example if somebody who's like hey i'm a high ticket uh, client and i want to get with justin how do they go about reaching out to you sure probably the best way to get a hold of me is to get onto my website and uh, my website is confidenceunchained.com okay it's all one word Okay. And what kind of clients are you currently accepting? Like, for example, there's a, a client type, like I want to only accept this kind of client. Or how, how do you go about getting clients, I guess? So the, the basis for the, the clients that I, I put out for business owners or entrepreneurs. And so it's people that are in some type of high stress career or they're an owner of their own business. Uh, those seem to be the clients that I attract the most. So that's, that's who I pitch to. So it would be like the doctors, lawyers kind of thing or like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's small business owners. Sometimes it's CEOs. Uh, sometimes it's people that have, have been running a couple different companies. Um, sometimes real estate investors. So it's anyone that's in those high stress careers where like there's so many things going on mm -hmm. that they need someone else to give that insight into the different aspects of their lives. So like, where can they take their, like they, they're successful people, but it's like, how can they take it to the next level and have that peak performance and just get that edge? Okay. So, Speaking of, uh, you mentioned about the real estate agents, where can you share an example like where you are working with a real estate agent? We're like, hey, I'm at level, let's just say three, and you want to get to level 10. How did you go about helping them? Um, well, one of the, the, the one that really pops in my mind, I think she gained more from her personal life than she really did in her business life. Okay. Um, she came to me with a lack of confidence and a fear of the future. And we started working through some of those issues and she told me her results were that she was able to enjoy the small things in life. She was able to enjoy like coloring with her kids and even like, cleaning the house wasn't a big deal anymore. And so she was able to really be present and communicate with the people in her life, whether it was in the business world or personal world. And, and that's what I've started to see that, that these business professionals come to me and the biggest results they end up getting are in their personal life. Okay. It kind of makes sense because if you're, what I refer to is like if your personal life or your internal life, the communication you have with yourself, if that improves everything else around it changes as well, would you agree? Completely. All right. So awesome. So if you were starting out again, what advice would you give your 
let's just say five years from now, if you were just starting out, what advice would you give that person to say, how do I get from point zero to point 10 from now? You're saying as far as advice I'd give to myself? Yes. If you were starting out again. Yeah. Got it. I would say, um, get a mentor and don't spend money, um, on things you don't need. And then don't take clients that aren't perfect for you. Okay. How, how would, speaking of perfect clients, can you define what the perfect clients would be for you? Well, for me, the, the perfect clients are, are people that you know, don't get their feelings hurt easily and people that are willing to put in a substantial amount of work on themselves. Um, because the, the hardest thing is to come across a client and, and it ends up being bad for me and the client if there's someone that's just not willing to put in the work or they're resistant to the idea of change or knowledge that they've never been exposed to before. Okay. And then as far as get hiring a coach goes, what would be the benefit of hiring a peak performance coach like yourself? What, like, for example, if I'm like, I am doing pretty good, right? And then what potential benefit would I have to hire you? Other than, you know, because some people, and I'm just playing a devil's advocate, they might be on the fence like I have heard of hiring a preference, uh, peak performance coach, but I'm not sure if I need it. So in that sense, can you share a little benefits like sure. that? Sure. So there's no, there's no results that are exactly the same. And, and everyone has those areas that they lack in. I really focus on those three areas. Again, your mentality, your emotional fortitude, and your health consciousness. Right. And depending on where you're deficient, that's the area that definitely needs to be able to pick up the slack because you might, you might have one or two of these areas developed. Um, something very common with, with a lot of my clients, I see that they're, mentality and their emotional fortitude is pretty well developed, but their health consciousness is not. So they're not being healthy. They're not taking care of themselves. And so they lack the energy to be able to sustain the lifestyle that they're building, to work all those hours, to, to be, have that mental clarity throughout the day. So once you get to a level where you're developed in all three areas, you can start to excel and master your mentality, your emotional fortitude, and your health consciousness. And it takes your life to a whole new level. And if I were to pick the the top results that my clients get, it's a reduction in anxiety, more clarity in their life, their business and personal life, and a sense of peace. Awesome. Awesome. And is there anything that you would like to share that you haven't shared before like in terms of your professional career wise goes that you like get that that you feel like the listeners could benefit from hmm. if i were to sum up you know uh, some piece of advice huh it's it's i would say it's okay to ask for help okay because like I have a coach i actually have two coaches right now different um for different aspects mm-hmm. and it's all about gaining that different insight from people because knowledge is grouped into three different categories. There's things that we know that we know. 
things mm-hmm. that we know that we don't know. The hard one is things that we don't know that we don't know. Okay. Because those are ideas that we haven't been exposed to yet. Concepts, tools, and you have to reach outside your sphere of influence because the people in your life right now, you all pretty much know the same things or you know what one person knows that the other one doesn't, but you all don't know what you don't know. <laughs> right? That makes sense. right. It's kind of a, it's it's kind of an abstract concept. Right. But when you really get down to it, it, it's things you've never been exposed to before. So how can you develop those things when you've never heard of those ideas before? Right. So reach out to people outside of your sphere of influence to be able to grow in ways you've never imagined. Right. Awesome advice. Awesome advice. Thank you so much, Justin. Uh, I have learned a ton of it as far as the vocabulary part. That has been a huge, huge learning thing from this podcast. And I'm sure people are going to be listening to it and they're going to learn a ton of information. And once again, if they want to learn more about you, where can they go? What's your website again? Again, it's, it's confidenceunchained.com. All right. Thank you so much, Justin, for taking the time to talking to us and helping us out. And make sure, guys, if you are interested in hiring a peak performance coach, make sure you get with Justin. And I thank you for taking the time to come with me, and I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure. All right.